Again. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show. We are seeing a special performance in this first half tonight. The doctor operates here. Oh, well, he has trouble with the snap. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit. The doctor is now in. Oh, it's in Las Vegas. Ballpark Frank. And uh, a little bit later start than normal. We have some technical difficulties. We are on location. We are on the road all week long. And uh, in our Friday home normally, the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. I appreciate Stevie Slapshot, Marvelous Mark back in the studio, and uh, everyone else. So uh, our apologies for getting a little bit of a late start today. But we are back. We are live. And, yes, on location all week long from the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, the William Hill Sportsbook. Glad to have you with us. All right, ballpark, ready to go. We got a Monday afternoon quarterback edition, a lot to hit on today. Houston Nutt, the old football coach, will join us uh, from CBS Sports, the former coach at Arkansas and Ole Miss, does a great job with uh, CBS uh, Sports. And we got plenty of college football to talk about with him. Uh, Matt Holt will join us a little bit later on next hour. And uh, Brian Benowitz, uh, our guru here uh, at the Cosmopolitan, but a lot to digest. Yeah, obviously a lot to get to here, and um, of course we've got the uh, the NFL, college. Uh, you know, the one big upset is Florida out of the picture now. Are they in the picture? Uh, I don't really know what's going on with that, but um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see how it all plays out. And of course, the NBA about to tip off. They have their preseason games going on. Uh, had some more fights this weekend as well. So yeah, it, it, it's a Monday, and uh, you know there. There's always a lot to get to here on a Monday, so uh, come on down to the Cosmopolitan, check out the race and sportsbook, and, uh, you know, get all your wagers in. There we go. All right, glad to. Monday uh, Night Football tonight as well. Monday Night Football, exactly. Another reason uh, why we're here, and we're getting ready for for that. And uh, a huge game tonight, really, with the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens, a three-point road favorite, but the Ravens have not been playing that well as of late. Have dumped uh, three of their last four games. And uh, the Brownies, uh, a lot of people are starting to believe in the Cleveland Browns right now, especially what they did to the Tennessee Titans last week and the way Baker Mayfield uh, just put it on those guys, especially in the first half. But we will break that down a little bit later on. But uh, let's first uh, dive into what we saw yesterday with the Raiders. The Colts defeat the Raiders 44-27. to Defense the problem again for the Raiders. Not only could they not stop anybody, but uh, they decided to fire their defensive coordinator, Paul Gunther, yesterday too. And uh, that's pretty unfortunate because when John Gruden was hired, that was his first hire. He wanted Paul Gunther. He had a lot of respect for him and thought, you know, we've known that the Raiders have been defensively challenged for quite some time. Let's be honest. I mean, that's the main reason why they have not uh, been in the playoffs uh, for the better part of the, of the last uh, two decades. Uh, but yesterday, it, it all went wrong again. The Colts did whatever they wanted to do. Jonathan Taylor, 150 yards, running the football for the Colts. He scored two touchdowns. And again, from the Raiders' perspective, offense really not the problem. They've been averaging 27 points per game. They got that exactly yesterday. But uh, again, defensive uh, letdown. And finally, someone had to pay the price. And we see 
a firing, the first Las Vegas Raider firing in Paul Gunther yesterday. Yeah, and, and, and what a difference a week makes. Raiders go from uh, doing a play at the end of a game that gets a defensive coordinator fired for the Jets, and now the Raiders uh, end up having to fire their defensive coordinator. Well, had to. They made that decision to do so. But, yeah, there's it, it's been really no secret. Even when you look at some of the big wins that the Raiders have, and you can go back to Kansas City and New Orleans. I mean, the defense played okay in certain things, but the other teams did run up and down the field. And you look at that last game against Kansas City, the one that they did lose. Why did they lose the game? Because the defense couldn't step up. They had everything in their hand. All they had to do was make a stop with very little time left, and they gave up the touchdown. And you can say, well, it's Mahomes and the Chiefs, so that kind of stuff is going to happen. But when the Raiders have won the games, some of the games they've won have been in shootouts. They've managed to outscore the other team. So the defense has been a problem all year long, and now they make a move. At this time of the season, is the right move? Well, I guess time will tell. But if you want to make the playoffs, and they still certainly have a shot to do that, but they've made it much more difficult on themselves to do that now. They felt that a change was needed. We'll see. Sometimes just making a change like that kind of wakes up everybody else on the defense. It'll be interesting to see how they all step up. Although I will say, uh, in the coach's corner a little bit, there's been a lot of injuries and a lot of COVID outbreaks and different things that have happened. It's not all on him, but the bottom line is you're not going to get rid of all the players. So the defense coordinator is gone now, and we'll see how it plays out from this from this point on. Yeah, and the Raiders have had COVID issues on both sides of the ball, the offensive line, you know, prior to that Tampa Bay game, and then you know the defensive, uh, you know, COVID issues about four weeks ago. And, and some of it could, their own doing. Absolutely, 100%. Again, you know, they lost a draft pick because of it. They were fined a million dollars. So, uh, yeah, the Raiders having their problems. And I hate to say that, you know, here we go again, but this was the exact same situation last year where they closed the season, you know, one and five. And uh, that downward spiral really started a couple weeks ago when they lost to the Atlanta Falcons. And that was a game they needed to win. They definitely needed to win this game yesterday. All the playoff implications, and we talked about it all last week. And uh, the Colts came in. They were ready to play. They looked like the playoff team. The Raiders don't. So at this point in time now, the Raiders on the outside looking in, and they're going to need some help to even think about getting in the playoffs. Yeah, and again, you mentioned that Atlanta game, and certainly you look at the final score of that, and you can say, well, the defense was horrible in that game. It was actually the turnovers that really cost them in that game. But again, when you do something like that, because turnovers are part of the game for every team out there, even the best teams do have turnovers, the defense has to step up and make a big stop. They didn't do it in that game against a team that, on paper, they probably should have beat. When you look at the records, they, they certainly should have beat. It got completely out of hand. It maybe wasn't as bad as it looked like. The Raiders weren't as bad as the final score. But um, not a good showing for them. And, uh, you know, not, not, now it's time to move on. The bottom line is right now, the Raiders need to almost win out to make the playoffs from this point. Yeah, and, and get some help on top of that. Yeah. All right, we will uh, talk a little bit more about the Raiders coming up at, at the top of the hour. Brian Benowitz, went, Brian Benowitz will join us at that point in time. Also, Matthew Holt. And we'll talk about it from a books perspective as well, too. All the action yesterday uh, on the NFL and then preview tonight's game between the Ravens and the Browns. But right now we turn our attention to college football. We bring in our good friend from CBS Sports, the former football coach himself back in the day at Ole Miss, Arkansas, Boise State, just to name a few. Uh, the Texas high school legend, the Arkansas Razorback Suey Pig <laughs> legend himself, my man Houston Nutt. What is going on, my friend? <laughs> It's UTC. How you doing? We're doing good, man. We appreciate you taking the time and joining us here today, Houston. And as we know, that is a big college football week this week as we got conference championship games coming up this weekend. And, uh, Houston, this is going to be 
This has been a weird season, as we know. Oh. But when I look at the schedule this week, and we'll start breaking all these games down here in just a couple minutes, but it's it's championship weekend, and we usually look forward to the SEC title game, the Big Ten championship game, the ACC, maybe Pac-10, to Pac-12 to a little smaller degree. But when I look at the schedule, those aren't the only games playing. we got like 20 regular season games going on the same time <laughs> as the championship games what's what's going on here did you schedule this my friend do we need to talk to somebody tc we had to it's called makeup we had to have some makeup games make, and, uh, make up to break up like the stylistics once sang back in the day houston <laughs> i i know that song well my man I I that right. <laughs> but i'm not gonna sing it but uh yeah uh got some makeup games and that they decided that but you know a few weeks ago they're gonna play some games on championship day so it won't just be one game of the East Championship. Anybody who needed that makeup, they're using that day to make up games. So, hey, it's just more football. More football, no doubt about it. Okay, Houston, let's take a look at what took place last weekend. There wasn't a whole bunch of marquee matchups. I mean, Alabama did their thing. They went into Arkansas, and Arkansas uh, tied this game up, I think, 3-3. Next thing you know, Bama scored, what, the next 52 points or whatever that was. They put their shellacking, and then Florida didn't live up to their end of the bargain. Even though it didn't cost Florida, it was one of the biggest upsets that we've seen so far in college football this year as the LSU Tigers came in there and uh, took care of business 37-34 to in the swamp. Florida gave up 418 yards, and I know this – you know, Florida's still in the championship game, Houston, but after watching them last week, I don't think we want to see them in the championship game. Well, that's right. You said they didn't lose anything. Uh, they're going to play in the championship, SEC championship, but they did lose something because now as the rankings come out tomorrow, you know, they were sitting in that little sixth spot. Yep. Uh, now they're not going to no longer be there, so they can forget about the Final Four. So, uh, yeah, they gave up too much, and you got to give credit now to LSU with – Everybody was really bad-mouthing, and, and, and couple, I'm sure a couple of weeks there, deservedly so. But they go on the road in the swamp and really play very, very hard, very good. And how about Johnson at quarterback? Uh, what an outstanding job he did. Just very accurate and made things happen. So that's a big win for LSU. Now, when it comes to LSU and you're talking about them, a lot of people were making fun of the fact that they put a ban on themselves saying no bowl games this year. And the joke was, well, is it really a ban if you're not going to go to a bowl game anyhow? But after that win against Florida, and then they have Ole Miss coming up this Saturday to round out their season, like you said, because of a lot of makeups, there is a chance that they would probably get a bowl bid just because they're LSU in this year when records and that and games don't mean as much. I mean, so what did you think of that self-imposed ban by them? Was it just a gesture or is it something that that they might come back to regret because some of the seniors on that, that would be their last chance to play a game. Well, I think you hit on something that's right. Uh, anytime you can have a chance to play one more game, a bowl game, have extra practices for freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and, and, and all those things, it's always good. So they're missing an opportunity right there. And I think they, I think they may regret that, but they're probably looking ahead seeing it's time for them to – to self-impose, to get ahead of the curve a little bit because they see things coming. So, again, I'm not on the inside. I don't know. But but to, to miss a bowl game, it, 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 it's always hurtful. And like you said, Houston, Florida really killed themselves. They were on the outside looking in, but they, they could have got into that Final Four along with Texas A&M if uh, 
you know, something went in their favor, whether it was the Clemson-Notre Dame game coming up this weekend, if Ohio State happens to lose, they really blew that opportunity. But I think Florida, what we saw from there, from them defensively all season long, they have been susceptible. Now say what you want about Kyle Trask. I mean, he's been great, but he had two interceptions in this game as well too, still threw for over 400 yards. But again, back to that defense, this is, this is a team that, that really killed themselves. Yeah, and, 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 you know, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that, TC, with the defense and that. And, you know, it, the other thing is a lot of times people make fun of kickers in football games, but the difference in this game was the kicker. LSU made the 57-yard field goal. <laughs> Florida missed the 51-yarder. Now, 51 yards is still a long kick, but it, as, as bad as things did look, their offense did get them back in a position to win the game. If they would have had LSU's kicker, mm -hmm. they, they would have won the game. They missed a shorter field goal than LSU made to win it. When you look at that, they were a 24-point favorite in this game, Florida was. And again, really fell behind early on, and they just couldn't I exchange touchdown for touchdown and yardage for yardage. And Trask, like I mentioned, he had two interceptions in this game himself. So, again, they really did this to themselves. But this is a team, you know, frankly, I I'm, I'm not sad to see them go away because any, you're not going to win a playoff game with defenses like that. And we've seen the super offenses like Oklahoma in years past, you know, get to the playoffs and then not be able to stop anybody. And, and, and they go out in the, in the semifinal. So I don't think Florida has been a deserving team, especially the schedule they've played. I mean, really, when you look at the SEC, and this does put to bed the argument about, oh, having two teams from the same conference, and we were talking about the financial gains last week, about $6 million per school you know, going if you qualify for the college football playoff. Well, we don't have to worry about that. It's going to be Alabama and nobody else. Yeah, now the ACC still has a chance to get two teams in there with Clemson and, of course, Notre Dame. Notre Dame not normally in there, but they are this year because of all the situation. But it also leads credence a little bit, too, to some of those people. And as an Ohio State fan, it pains me to say this, but their defense is also question mark just as Florida's is. And now is where you do go and you look at, well, okay, they have only played the five games and they have the six coming up. I believe that they do belong there. But I don't know if that's completely mm -hmm. my head telling me that or part of it is the fan in the back of my mm -hmm. head because I try to be fair in my assessments of all this mm -hmm. stuff. But like you mentioned, I'm not crushed that Florida's not there, but I am a little bit, you know, but it's mm -hmm. their defense that cost them that opportunity, not necessarily the offense, although the two interceptions certainly didn't help. Exactly. All right. So, Houston, I guess we don't even need to spend time talking about Florida. They're a 17-point underdog, and Alabama basically has been able to write their own score in this game. Uh, do you have any faith in the Gators could regroup here and, and come within this number or even pull off the upset against Alabama? T.C. Martin Show live here from the Cosmopolitan. Race and Sportsbook, come on down and say hi. Uh, uh, having a little bit of technical difficulty here with Houston Nutt on the phone line right now. Uh, still trying to get him up. Houston, of course, one of the contributors to the show on a frequent basis and certainly knows college football uh, just as well, if not better, than anybody else out there. Yeah, and like you said, Frank, uh, having some problems, we have Houston Nutt. Again, we're on location here today and uh, one of these uh, crazy situations where uh, we are going to be on a location all week here. Well, so it's, Chris, it's, it, it's Christmas season, so you got to expect gremlins. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been talking to several people today, all of our engineers, and it's just been one of these weird days all through 
out, not, just not Las Vegas, anywhere. There's been a lot of technical snafus here. So I think there's something going on with, with power lines or something, especially so, in our somebody, area here. Somebody <laughs> gave them water after midnight. It's yeah. obvious. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway, we are live at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. Our apologies. Uh, Houston Nett, our, our guest from CBS Sports, the former football coach, does a great job on CBS Sports each and every weekend. And uh, uh, for some reason, we are having some, some uh, technical difficulties hearing Houston uh, on the other end. We had him on, and uh, so hopefully as soon as we get that back together, we will do that. So, And this is why, Frank, we love to have the live guests when we do the location show like we do on, on Friday. And there we go. Can you hear me? All right. Houston. There he is. Can you hear me? All right. <laughs> Come on now. No. Come on. What's happening? Uh, what's going on? Cause somebody back in the studio called an audible and got him back up for it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Houston, we are we are on location today, and uh, for some reason there's been some uh, some power outages. There's been some crazy stuff going on. Oh. So I don't I don't know what happened, but we're okay. we're we're glad to get you back. And uh, yes. a, a, again, you know, sometimes you know when you when you have your teammates, uh, sometimes you, you you lose some players, whether it's due to COVID or right. injuries. Right. And and so we're we're we're, we're making do with uh, some of our second stringers today. Well, and, and we now know why. <laughs> and we now know why sometimes Mr. Irrelevant actually turns out to be relevant. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're, we're uh, hey, Houston. We're not sure who our offensive and defensive coordinators are today, but we're getting through it, my friend. That's right. That's right. Next play. Next play. Let's go. Okay, brother. All right. So anyway, I was starting to ask you about Alabama just rolling through their schedule and everything and Florida getting in this championship game. Do you have any faith whatsoever that you think that the Gators can can make this game competitive? Do they regroup? Or is this all Alabama favored by 17 and a half? I think it's all Alabama. I do think Kyle Trask and his receivers will be better. Uh, they'll, they'll execute and make some plays. But I don't think they can stay with Alabama. Alabama's defense the last two or three weeks have been so good, continue to get better. They don't get that much recognition because Alabama's offense is getting it all. Mac Jones, Devontae Smith, uh, Mechie, and then don't forget about Najee Harris. And so the offensive line is really doing a good job protecting and with run blocking. So they've got it going on, T.C., and I just don't think right now uh, Florida can play with them. With the fact that Florida's now got the two losses, does the SEC root for Alabama because they want to make sure they have a team in that Final Four? Or does Alabama get there regardless unless they absolutely get blown out, which I don't think anybody sees? Right. Now, Alabama's going to get there. If they win, they're there. If they lose, they're there. Right. They're going to get there. If Alabama loses, now there's going to be a little bit of uh, chaos now because uh, Texas A&M is sitting right there. You got Iowa State and Oklahoma. You know they're wanting they want men. And um, who else? Uh, Clemson, Notre I, I Dame, think, you know, Ohio you got, State. Well, Clemson, Notre Dame. Yeah. I think if Clemson, I think if Clemson loses, of course they're they're out. I think they would be out. Uh, Notre Dame, there would be some discussion on that, but I still I think they may be out as well. But uh, that'll be interesting. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be. I can't wait to see Notre Dame Clemson game. You know, Houston, I want to I want to change gears a little bit here because you mentioned the strength of Alabama and basically those three guys that you mentioned, Mac Jones, their quarterback, has done a fantastic job. Najee Harris, one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the country, and then their wide receiver Deontay Smith, as you said, this guy is phenomenal. And there's been talk about the Heisman Trophy that basically you're never going to see more than one guy uh, on, on a ballot from one school. 
in, in Alabama's case, you can actually make the argument that those could be the three best players in the entire country. Now, of course, you got Trevor Lawrence, and you can make you know you can make some other arguments. But when you look at those three studs that Alabama has, all of those go- guys deserve recognition for the Heisman Trophy. And I don't think a lot of people truly understand: is there a rule in there that says you can only have one guy per school? I don't think there is. But I think you bring up a good point because these three players are deserving. When you look at their effort, their body of work, wow, unbelievable the amount of touchdowns that Najee Harris has. And the De- Devontae Smith takes the top off of every secondary coverage. He goes over the top. And then this week he scored every which way, with running the ball, uh, catching the ball, he'll score. And then don't forget against Arkansas, now he takes a punt return and takes it back for a score. And after that punt return, Arkansas, it was 3-3 three to three at that point. After that punt return score, it was over. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, these three guys, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devontae Smith, man, they, they're just having outstanding uh, uh, years right now, and I don't think there is a rule about that. It may hurt one of them when, when both of them come from the same school as far as votes, but, man, they're, they're, they're good players. I cannot recall a time ever where you've had basically more than one player, let alone three from one team. But it just goes to show you how dominant Alabama is this year. So, uh, again, we will you know, visit that Heisman conversation here in a few weeks. Well, and the, and the strange thing about it is, like you mentioned, with all three of those guys, and I think um, Houston was, was alluding to this a little bit, they might split that vote a little bit and make it easier yeah. for Lawrence or somebody to get there because, I mean, can, can you imagine somebody turning in ballots and saying their first three picks are all from the same school? <laughs> Everyone's going to go, well, what a homer that voter is, yeah, yeah. E- even though it might be legit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's about the eye test. Right. And if you're watching right. college football every week, I mean, you've got to have all three of those guys at the top of the conversation. That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. So, All right. Hey, don't be Houston Nutt joins us from CBS Sports. All right, Houston, let's talk about it. ACC championship game. Usually this is not a competitive championship game, but this is the probably the most anticipated of all the conference championship games. Usually it's all about the SEC, maybe to a certain degree the Big Ten, Big 12, but it's all about the ACC coming up this Saturday. It's Clemson. It's Notre Dame. They're going to play in Charlotte. This is the rematch. Obviously, we know Trevor Lawrence did not play when they played in South Bend a few weeks back. What do you think is going to happen? Because not only it's conference championship, but, again, implications for college football playoff as well. Oh, yeah. I can't wait for this one. Remember, Trevor Lawrence didn't play the first game against Notre Dame when they played the first time, and it went to overtime with a freshman quarterback. So add Trevor, and I really think um, they're going to be able to, to move the ball much, much better. But Notre Dame's offense and defensive lines are physical. They're tough. And then Ian Book is a guy that you think you got him all bottled up and contained. Man, he finds a way to extend the play, to escape, and make bigger plays. So this is going to be a heck of a game. Uh, I'm leaning a little bit towards Clemson, but, hey, I can be probably talked out of it because Notre Dame is so good. And uh, they, they, boy, they've had a great year, man. So how, how is this Notre Dame team different? Because in years past, it, Notre Dame's been in that conversation, but then they've always choked against the big opponent or getting to the playoff, and then they've gotten blasted. But when you look at Notre Dame this year, are they a different type of team because of the seniors they have, especially on the offensive line? That's it. And, and I would add 
Ian Book to the equation because of this. He's about 30 and something and three as a starter. He is a winner. And remember, when he got down versus Clemson, he did not flinch. And I love that in a quarterback. When things aren't going just right, you fall behind. When the pressure's turned up, that's when you know what you have is a real quarterback that can handle pressure. Well, Ian Book can do it. He can handle it. He can beat you with his legs or arm. And you can see the explosive plays that he's made. When you think you got him, they're behind the count. You got everybody covered up. He takes off running. And then when also he takes off running and his eyes are still down the field, he makes he makes throws. So he's a playmaker. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because one of the frequently asked questions out here in Vegas is how many points is a player worth, whether it's a quarterback, wide receiver, or somebody else. And we mentioned Notre Dame won that first game. Now it was at Notre Dame, and it took overtime to do it. And I know home field's not what it used to be, but Clemson is a 10-point favorite in this game right now. So if you look at that, you're saying, well, according to the books out here in Vegas, Lawrence is worth more than a touchdown. In fact, more than a touchdown and a field goal because they lost the first game. So that says a lot about him and his hope for the Heisman. Yes, yes. Well, I didn't know the line on that. I'm glad you told me that. And it just shows you what they think about Trevor Lawrence. You hit it. He, he's, he's a big-time quarterback. And you can tell ever since he's been back, they follow this guy. They believe in him. Travis Etienne and all these guys, the supporting cast, they go get the ball for him, and he gives it to him the right way. So, I mean, I, I can't wait. I, I think it's going to be closer than that. But, hey, your guys are a whole lot smarter than me out there. I can promise you that. And I think a lot of that is what we talked about. A lot of times it's, it's Notre Dame. They don't think Notre Dame can win the big game. And you can make the excuse that they probably should have lost that last game with the backup quarterback, but they were at home, and they, and they pulled it out. So I think a lot of people are still thinking, okay, Clemson's going to get the revenge. Notre Dame is going to fail on the big stage again. But I, I think we're both saying the same thing, Houston, that this Notre Dame team is much better than any Notre Dame team we've seen in recent years. I think so. I think so. And I think you look at the lines and the defense, the speed, and then Ian Book, I just I, I think they are better. All right, Big 12, Oklahoma, Iowa State. Again, two teams that have been very, very hot over the last six, seven weeks. We talked about the Sooners before. They dropped their first two conference games, but they've been on fire since. Probably neither one of these guys can sneak in the playoff, Houston, but this is going to be a very good Big 12 championship game. This is going to be a good one. I think it's always hard to beat somebody twice. If you remember back when uh, Alabama and LSU had to replay their deal, it was hard uh, to beat somebody two times in a row. So I think Oklahoma was Spencer Rattler. I think they'll have the, the edge there. But, again, you can't count out Brock Purdy, Reese Hall. Those guys, the last three or four weeks, have been executing. They are fun to watch, and they may happen. You know, going back to the first game, they got beat by, I think, Louisiana. And uh, since that game, they have just gotten better and better and better. And, boy, now here they are in the championship game, first time they're in the championship game since when forever. And so this will be a really good game. Yeah, looking forward to that. Oklahoma, Iowa State, and Iowa State just not a football powerhouse as well. 
they got a heck of a women's soccer team as well, too. Don't forget that, Houston Nut. All right, we're going to throw the, give, give, we're gonna give those Lady Cyclones some love over there as well, too. Well, remember this, too, about <laughs> if, if you're Iowa State, I mean, you're kind of playing for history because, like you mentioned, they're not known as a football school. These seniors and everybody on that, on that roster can make a big statement winning that conference in, in a, for a team that people go, ah, oh, they're okay, but nobody ever looks mm-hmm. at them as a football powerhouse in a pretty decent mm-hmm. football conference. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Big Ten, Houston, Ohio State Buckeyes. They didn't get a chance to play last week because of the COVID concerns with Michigan, or at least that's what, what, what Michigan was saying because Michigan didn't want any part of that game. But uh, Ohio State <laughs> against Northwestern. Northwestern took care of their business. They beat the Illini handily. But Northwestern just – they, they don't score a bunch of points, but their defense is rolling right now. They shut down Wisconsin, shut down Illinois, shut down basically everybody. Can they keep this game close, or can they even possibly pull the upset over the Buckeyes? The only way that Northwestern can win this game is they're going to have to have a minimum of three turnovers. Their defense is good at disrupting and creating turnovers. If they can get three with one or two of those on, the, on their end of the field where they have a short field to go, I think Northwestern could pull the upset, but I think I give it very little percentage because I think Justin Fields and company are too athletic. They're, they're too fast, and I think Ohio State has the better team. But the defense of Northwestern is what gives you that chance because, boy, they've been tough all year long. Uh, they're physical. They create turnovers, and if they can get three, watch out. Yeah, and, and, and of course, the, the one thing that we don't know about and certainly don't want to see this happen, but we know Ohio State's had some issues with COVID and things like that in the past as well, so hopefully this game goes off without a hitch and everything happens there. But you look at that, uh, Ohio State, uh, you know, laying three touchdowns in this game, 21 points, so you got to wonder if maybe Northwestern can get inside of that number somehow. But if, if Ohio State does lose this game, I have a feeling that everybody in the Big Ten is going to go, oh, no. Because <laughs> because they want that money from the Final Four, and Northwestern yeah, certainly ain't going there. Right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Houston, that joins us from uh, CBS Sports. Houston, before we let you go, I did want to touch on Jalen Hurts. It's a guy that we have talked about when he was at college at Alabama as well as Oklahoma, and uh, he got the start with the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday. Very impressive. And Doug Peterson, after a long debate, over the last 24 hours said, you know what, I think we're going to stick with Jalen at least for one more week. Give us your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, not only his performance yesterday, but just the makeup of this guy, because I know that you and I have talked a lot over the last couple years about him, and uh, we both like this guy a lot. We do. He's a winner. And if you watch the game yesterday, the thing that he gives you, uh, he's like the 12th man. He can take off running. How many times did he get the first down when normally you would punt because the other quarterback – Carson Wentz, as good as he is, he's not going to be able to run like Jalen. Jalen gives you that other that other weapon of okay, it's a it's a read zone, it's a read zone, oh, it's a keep, it's not an RPO, and so you, do you defend or you come attack Jalen? Jalen gives you that 12th man uh, kind of uh, syndrome where you better you better defend him because he can run, and that also opens up the pass. So. I thought he did a great job. He was outstanding, showed a lot of confidence, and uh, he, he really was the difference when you look at it. He was, exactly. Then tonight, you know, we've got a couple other quarterbacks that you know very well, too, from their college days. Lamar Jackson going against Baker Mayfield. Both of these guys have had some ups. They've had some downs. 
you know, Lamar Jackson named MVP last year. I, I'm still, you know, shaking my head uh, about that. But when you look at how these guys' games have transitioned from college to the pros, give me some, some thoughts on that. Well, they've been great. And I think you got to give credit to the coaches because their offense fits them. They're not a true drop-back quarterback. They, they don't need to be under the center. This is what they do. They're in the gun, RPO, read option, read zones, and then uh, they move the pocket with these guys. And, uh, man, they, they've done a good job of, of both these quarterbacks have done a good job of, of staying on the field and keep making first downs and putting the ball in the end zone. There he is. He is Houston Nutt. There he is, the pride of Arkansas slash Texas. Got it going on. It's the college game, the NFL. It doesn't matter. Hey, and, and you, Mountain West Conference, Houston. The San Jose State Spartans are undefeated. They're six and zero. Oh. This is this is true. They are in the Mountain West Championship game, as you well know. This weekend, give some love to the Spartans. They're about ready to shut that program down a few years ago. Oh no, no, that's right. That's right. Right now, they're a championship looking team, physical on defense. Nick Starkle's throwing the ball all over the yard. Uh, Coach Brennan has his team rolling, man. I, I, I can't wait to see this. That's going to be a good one. Yeah, Boise State. And I believe you guys are on the coverage for that as well, too, right? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Boise State, former player of mine, Brian Harson's going to lead the charge there. Yep. And they got a good team. They got it going on. Watch Avery Williams, a special teams guy. He'll take your breath away on punt return, kick return, and guess what? He'll go block a kick as well. And, and, you know, real quick, I want to throw this in, too, because we've been asking the question, what happens if a conference has a COVID issue? Mm-hmm. Well, we know what one conference is doing because the Pac-12 has announced today the Ducks will be playing and because Washington's oh. got issues, so the Ducks <laughs> will play USC in the final. We could see more of this. I mean, does every mm-hmm. conference have, here's the two teams playing in the final, but here's an alternate as well? Yeah, that's crazy that's stuff. A, that's a good point. I don't know. I don't know that answer, but I, I just found it today. Oregon Ducks are in the All right, Houston, we appreciate you, my man, as always. Look forward to chatting with you next week, and we start looking at the college football playoff. At this time next week, we will know who will be in that playoff. Take care, my man. Appreciate you. (laughs) That's what we do, Coach. Thank you very much. We plug on, baby. We keep that offense rolling. There it is. No huddle, baby. Got to play hurt. There you go. (laughs) There you go. And, and in Philadelphia, you got to play Hurts. Uh, absolutely, you do. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Houston. Appreciate you. All right, Ballpark Frank and myself, T.C. Martin, here at the Cosmopolitan on a Friday. No, it's not Friday. It's Monday. I'm so confused here. We're here all week. As Shrek would say, I'm here all week. All right, there you go. Brian Benowitz in the house. Matthew Holt's going to join us. We start talking NFL on the other side. T.C. Martin show on a Monday afternoon quarterback edition.